It's a verse that really breaks down life. How many know that life is short? We don't, we don't, we're not promised a long life. We're, we're given life and, by God, and, and we know that at any moment life can end. And we don't know what tomorrow holds, and we, we hear stories all the time of tragic accidents, and we hear of people um, who, who die of cancer, and many people who die way before they're supposed to, um, in, in, age-wise. And some people live to be 100. Um, we just don't know. You don't know, and I don't know this morning how long we're going to live. But the Bible says something in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. You don't have to go there for time, but if you just look at, stay in 1 Corinthians, I want to tell, tell you what it says. It says this, it says it's appointed unto man to die once. Like I said, that's not a really great sounding verse, but it's appointed unto man to die once. And then it says, and then, and that's, that's bad enough that you're going to die. He says you're going to die. But then he says, once you die, the thing that follows death is judgment. That's what the Bible says. So don't, don't get scared and don't be like, oh, go, oh boy, here we go. Uh, but I want you to know that that's what the Bible says. That is what, what is waiting for us after we die and breathe our last breath is judgment. So if anybody's ever uh, got a traffic ticket or been arrested or faced a trial or faced anything like that, that's not fun. Can you say amen? That's not fun when you're being accused of something and you're going to court for something, whether it's a ticket or something bad. You are standing before a judge and your life can sometimes be in their hands. Maybe it's not your life, maybe it's the cost of a, of a ticket or whatever, but you're standing before a judge, and that's not a fun day. Judgment is not fun. Can you say amen? But the Bible says that is what waits for every single person who's ever lived is judgment. Okay, so it's appointed unto man once to die, then comes judgment. And how many this morning have heard of Harry Houdini? I think most people have heard that name, right? If you have, or have not, I should say, Harry Houdini was probably the most well-known of all time escape artist. Okay, Harry Houdini did some crazy things. I want to read you just a few things that Harry Houdini did. How many know Harry Houdini was known for escaping, but we also know for a fact this morning that Harry Houdini is dead. He died in October of 1926. 90 years ago he died, and he is no longer alive, but he was known for being an escape artist. He was famous, as a matter of fact, for laughing at locks. He would laugh when people would lock him up with things. He sneered at fetters. And they said that Harry, had, Harry Houdini had the flexibility of an eel, the lives of a cat, and they did all kinds of things. They did all kinds of things to lock him up and to incarcerate him. He was sealed in coffins, he, he would, and he would escape. They put him one time into a boiler, and he escaped. They sewed him up in canvas bags. He somehow escaped. They locked him in a milk can one time. He escaped. They sealed him in a beer barrel. He escaped. One time they put him in a maximum security prison that no one had ever escaped from. And guess what? Harry Houdini escaped. But in 1926, Harry Houdini died. And when he died... Before he died, he, would t- he believed so much in what he could do and so much in his power that he told his wife the entire time they were married, he said, when I die, I believe I can escape death. That statement was made to his wife so many times that when he died in 1926, that for 10 years, his wife would go to his gravesite 
and have a candle lit of his picture and with faith in her heart waited for Harry Houdini to escape death and appear to her. Ten years. How many know that's faith? But how many know this morning, regardless of the faith she had in that man, Harry Houdini could not escape death. Amen? Nobody in this world can, has ever escaped death except a man called Jesus. 2,000 years ago, amen, there was a man who wasn't killed. He gave his life. And when he gave his life, he was crucified on a cross. And he was laid in a tomb. And the Bible says that after three days, he escaped death. Death could not hold him. The grave could not hold him. And the Bible says he walked out of that tomb alive and he rose again. And the Bible says he's in heaven right now. And that is our faith this morning. How many have faith this morning that Jesus Christ is the only one who's ever escaped death? Amen. First Corinthians chapter 15, we're going to look at in just a second. But when you talk about the tomb, I want you to picture it. I was almost going to put one up, but you've seen the tomb. You see the hole. And there's people that go every year to Israel. Millions of people go every single year to Israel. And it's the craziest thing because they go to see nothing. Think about that. Let's go see nothing. A lot of people go to grave sites and they look at the, the, the thing that all graves have. A beginning and an end. A day they were born and the day they died. Well, Jesus doesn't have that on his tomb. He just has an open hole because he came out of the grave, amen? And he's not dead this morning. He's alive, amen? And so we're looking at a grave that has nothing in it. And they've never been able to find his body, amen? They've never been able to see where he is because he is, can you say it with me, alive. Now go with 1 Corinthians 15, chapter 1. I want you to look on with somebody if you don't have a Bible. Because this is good news right here. This is good news. Verse 1, moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. Now wait, let me say something real quick. I got ahead of myself for a second. I'm going to read words from a man who for most of his life was a person who did not believe in the Bible or the gospel, the Old Testament, in the way that we do today. He was a man when Jesus came on the scene and began to preach that he was who he was, said he was, was a man who hated Christians. Hated. And for anybody who's never been here before, I like to a lot of times use the example. For us to understand how, who Paul was, it would be like us understanding that Osama bin Laden would give his life to Jesus Christ and change before he was killed. He would have changed and said, what I've been doing, what I've been paying for, what I've been, the terrorist acts I've been doing, the killing I've been doing is wrong. I shouldn't have done that. This man, Jesus, is real and he's alive. That is how powerful Paul's testimony was. He killed and, and, and imprisoned Christians and that's what he did for a living. And now we find a man who had an encounter with Jesus Christ and he begins to write the Bible and most of the Bible that we're reading in this New Testament was written with him in chains, in a prison, but believing in his heart what we're celebrating today, which is the resurrection of a Savior. And he writes this, now with that in your mind, read this. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, 
which you've received and in which you stand, by which you are saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, watch this, unless you believed in what? In vain. For I delivered to you first all of that which I also received. Now look at this, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present. But some have fallen asleep, or in other words, have died. After that, he was seen by James, then all by all the apostles. Then last of all, listen, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. Now, pay attention. I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God but say but the grace of God I by the grace of God I am what I am somebody say that with me by the grace of God I am what I am how many believe that this morning by the grace of God I am what I am amen and his grace toward me was not in vain see when we listen to a song like we heard saying this morning I, I i am not just excited because my daughters are singing i begin to listen to the words of that song and i begin to get teary-eyed because i begin to look at who i was before i met jesus and i begin to think about where i'm going if i don't know jesus and i begin to think of what my destiny was before i met the lord and i told you what that destiny was when we first started that my destiny was to stand before a living God with no lawyer so when you begin to really think about life and how short it is and the fact that I'm going to have to stand before a living God that's when you begin to say God thank you for your grace thank you and you say it with a with a spirit of real gratitude because this is not religion this morning this is relationship how many in this place have found relationship with God and are tired of religion we're not talking about religion this morning. See, a lot of people today around the world will be in churches because of religion. But we need to be here this morning out of relationship. And so he says here, of all that I am, that I, all his grace toward me was not in vain. Let's pick up in verse 10. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Therefore, whether it was I or they, we preach and you believed. Now watch this. This is what I really want you to see this morning. Now if Christ is preached, that he has been raised from the dead, how do you say among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith also is empty yes and watch this and we are found false witnesses of God we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise 
For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still, look at this, I have this underlined in my Bible, you are still in your sins. If Christ has not risen, you are still in your sins. Church, many people have died for causes in the last 6,000 years. Many people have gave their lives for causes. The fact that Jesus died and gave his life is huge. But if that, if that tomb right there stays with the body in it, our faith is in vain. We have no forgiveness of sins because he could have died for our sins. He could have gone to the cross for a cause. But if he doesn't defeat death, then when we die, we die in our sins. And the Bible tells us that we will, as I said in the beginning, all stand before God. And, and what we need to be reminded of this morning is that we don't get the choice of whether or not we want to live forever. I want you to understand that this morning. God didn't ask us, hey, do you want to live forever? Okay, if you, you don't want to live forever? Okay, if you just don't want to live forever, when you die, we'll just turn the lights off and it'll be over. God didn't ask us that. Matter of fact, it's not a choice that we have. We don't get a choice if we want to. We are all immortal. We are all going to die and we are all going to live forever. Get that in your understanding. We are all going to live forever. This spirit inside of us, this soul inside of us is going to live forever. The choice that God gives us this morning is where we will spend forever. That's the choice that we get. And so we know this morning that Paul is breaking it down. Because a lot of people say, what if? What if? What if? Well, Paul's breaking it down. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. And you are still in your sins. Now, verse 18. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only, watch this. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable if this is all we got this life it's we, we're to be pitied if this is it if this you can say man i got a great life well that's great but if this is just it we should be pitied because what about the people who don't have a great life what about the people today who are living in poverty or living in sickness or living in in horrible corruption what's their hope the Bible is so awesome because everybody can have hope. Amen. Amen. Everybody can have hope that no matter what, I, what life I live, I have a life after this life. And it is forever and it is in eternity. Amen. And I don't have hope just in this life. But he says, if we believe just in the hope that is in Christ here and he didn't rise from the dead, we're pitied. But, he says, now, he says, Christ is risen from the dead. Christ is risen from the dead. Now, here, there's two people in this place this morning. Just two. There are one people that believe that Christ is risen from the dead. And there are other people who hear that Christ is risen from the dead. Everybody in here is hearing right now what I just said. Christ is risen from the dead. But each one of you individually has to make a choice if you believe 
Christ is risen from the dead. All over the world again, in churches, there are people sitting just like you, listening to a message, and if the church is preaching the gospel this morning, they're saying Christ is risen from the dead. All over the world. And there are two types of people this morning. One is saying, inside his spirit, inside her spirit, yes, he is. Yes, he is. I believe that. And the other person saying, I hear it, but I don't believe it. I hear it, but I don't believe it. I don't know who you are this morning, but let me tell you something. If you believe that Christ is risen from the dead, the Bible says you are saved. If you believe in your heart that Christ is risen from the dead, you are saved. Now watch this last little breakdown right here. Powerful scriptures. He says, and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So if anybody doesn't understand the gospel, here's an easy math equation. It's also in Romans 5. But it says, for since by man came death, by man also came resurrection from the dead. Okay? Man... Adam and Eve brought sin into the world, cursed us. Man, Jesus, came in, became sin for us, saved the world. And he says, for as in Adam, all die, even so in Christ, all shall be made alive. How many can say that's good news? That is good news, amen? And I tell you this morning, not with a statement, but with belief in my heart, Jesus Christ is risen this morning. Do I have anybody else in here believes that Jesus Christ is risen this morning? Amen. He is not in a grave. He is in heaven. Amen. His spirit is here right now. And he said to that woman at the well, he said these words in John eleven twenty five. some of the most powerful words in the Bible. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am who else? Listen, nobody else in the world can say those words I am the resurrection and the life. There are hundreds and thousands and maybe millions of religions around the world today. And there's a whole lot of people who are claiming that their God saves. But I tell you this morning, no God besides Jesus Christ has ever said the words, I am the resurrection and the life. Amen. Nobody else has said those words. And he said, he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live there was church and there are today let me make a statement millions of people coming to Christ around the world leaving dead religions see people say why do you, why do you have the truth why could you stand up there and say you got the truth because Jesus is the truth he is that he is. He says, I am that I am. No other God can say, I am that I am. They don't even try. And people are leaving their dead religions with no life and no peace and no hope and no spirit and no, no uh, uh, nothing, nothing to hold on to. They're leaving it for a living Jesus today all around the world. And amen. How many know that there are Muslims all around the world who have put their faith in a, in a, in a prophet who is dead? And they say they serve the same God. But there is only one God. And the Bible says he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. How many believe that this morning? 
And out of that lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob came Jesus, the son of David. Came Jesus, the son of the living God. He came down from heaven. He became flesh for us, and he died for us. And he didn't just die for us, but he rose from the dead for us this morning. And he is not dead. He is alive. There was a Muslim man. Dr. Siemens is a, mu a missionary in a Muslim country. He tells the story, listen to this, of a man who left the Islamic religion and became a Christian in Africa. And once he gave his life to Jesus, a friend asked this man, he said, why have you become a Christian? Why have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? And the man answered this. He says, it's like this. He says, suppose you are going down the road, and at the end of a road, there's a fork in it. And you don't know which way to go. And he says, at the fork, there's a dead man and a live man. He says, who are you going to ask for directions? Amen. Let that simmer in. Some of y'all are going to get that tomorrow. You're going to be driving down the road. Oh, the, the one that's alive. Oh, yeah. You can't ask a dead man for directions. Jesus isn't dead. He's alive. His word is alive. And he's the only one who can save. He's the only one who can deliver. And he's the only one who can heal. He's the only one who can set free. Amen. And I want to ask you the question this morning as I close and begin to read the last verse. I want to ask you a question. What if there was no Easter? What if there was no resurrection? See, Easter is just a, just a word for the belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Fortunately, like anything else, we hear Easter today and we think bunnies and Easter eggs. But if you look at, if you, if you look at Wikipedia and def definitions, Easter means people, a group of people who believe in the resurrection. And what if there was no Easter? What if Jesus just came just like so many other prophets and died just like so many other prophets see 2000 years ago something changed history something changed the world something changed forever you know what you wouldn't have if there was no Easter you would have no hope if Jesus had not come out of that grave you would have no joy I want you to go with me to close in Isaiah 53 I wanted to show you an Old and a New Testament this morning. And I believe in just a few minutes, you're going to get a revelation of what Jesus is, who he is, and who he became for us. As you get to Isaiah 53, there's, there's just really no better scriptures to, to explain what Jesus did. And what I want to show you this morning that's so powerful as you're getting to Isaiah 53 is a lot of people say, how do you know that this book, how do you know this book? There's so many books. How do you know this book is the book? Well, I have many reasons. One of them being that it changed my life. But the biggest reason is full of prophecies. It's full of words spoken about the future. And as you open the book to Isaiah 53, and we're going to read in a second, you're going to read some scriptures that were written about Jesus 700 years before he came to the earth. Now, during those 700 years, we know where Jesus was. Jesus didn't just come out of the womb of Mary. Jesus was in heaven. 
Because the Bible says in the beginning, Jesus was there. God was there. Father, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Genesis, let us make man in our image. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So Jesus didn't just like show up and this wasn't just like an idea from God. It was planned. And way back in Isaiah, he begins to prophesy. And he begins to show in the word of God what is going to happen. And so we know today that Jesus has been a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. In verse 4, if you're there, I want to show you something. Isaiah 53 verse 4, this is what salvation is. Say amen if you're there. Surely he has borne our griefs. Now as we begin to go through this for just a moment, I want you to see some words, underline them, hyphen them, highlight them, do whatever you want. But I'm going to show you what we would have if there was no Easter. Grief. And he carried our sorrows. If there was no Easter, we'd have sorrow. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. If we didn't have Easter, we'd be afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. If there was no Easter, transgressions is an act or a law, an act or conduct against a law that is written. If there's no Easter, we have transgressions on us that cannot be forgiven. He was bruised for our iniquities. And some people know what's an iniquity. It's immorality. It's being immoral. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was the chastise. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. No Easter, no peace. And, his, and by his stripes, we are healed. No Easter, no healing, Ruth. Ruth was healed of thyroid cancer. Not by a doctor, but by the great physician named Jesus Christ. Amen? He took the, the infirmity of our bodies on him on the cross. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. Romans 3.23 and 6.23 says, All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. None of us are right in God's eyes. We've all gone astray. We're all like sheep. We have turned everyone to his own way. How many can say amen on that? We're good at doing what we want to do. But and the Lord has laid on him, H, capital H, Jesus, the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. No Easter, we, oppress, we have oppression. And he was afflicted. Again, you see that word. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before its shearers is silent. He opened not his mouth. I'm closing. He was taken, watch this, from prison. Anybody who's ever been in prison, no Easter, you stay in prison. Eternal prison. And from judgment, no Easter, judgment. Showing you this morning in Isaiah 53, what happens if we don't have a resurrection? Who will declare his generation? And here's the worst of them all. He was cut off from the land of the living. See, none of us have been to hell. None of us have been to a place of torment that the Bible says is for those who reject a living God. But guess who went to hell for us? Jesus. Not only did he die on the cross for our sins, he went to hell 
for us he went to that place of torment for us he was cut off from the land of the living we close here for the transgression of my people he was stricken verse 9 and they made his grave with the wicked but with the rich at his death because he had done no violence nor was any deceit in his mouth and here's the crazy thing verse 10 it pleased the Lord to bruise him some people read that and go that doesn't make any sense why would a loving God want to bruise Jesus the answer is so that a loving God would not have to bruise us it pleased him to bruise himself you understand that he bruised himself he as one of my favorite verses says in 2nd Corinthians 5 21 this is my last verse I want you to marinate this in your spirit tonight this morning he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. God, we can't even understand the attributes of a holy God. We can't even understand how holy that is, how perfect that is, how loving it is. We, we, don't, we can't grasp it. Our minds can't. We try, but we can't go there. A loving God said, I'm going to step out of my throne. We've said this before, many, all religions, things that have to do with eternal life or living forever or being saved or being forgiven, all those gods say, die for me. Die for me. Die, go do this and go do that and do acts. And he said, do, die for me. God says, no, I'm not, I don't want you to die for me. I'm going to die for you. What love is this that a man would lay down his life for me? A man who does not deserve forgiveness. A man who does not deserve eternal life in heaven. What love is this that he laid down his life for me? And because he became sin for us, the Bible says we can become the righteousness of God. Can you say amen? amen? As your heads are bowed and eyes are closed this morning. We, we'll, be, we'll be good with just, just you two ladies. We don't have to have too many musicians. Sorry, sorry Ryan, thank you. So I'm not going to take long. It pleased the Lord. If you just bow your heads and close your eyes, just begin to think about what Jesus did for you. To bruise him, he has put him to grief. And the Bible says he made his soul an offering for sin. He who knew no sin became sin for us. That's the gospel. As we close this morning and your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and you're thinking and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you this morning. I just want you to picture yourself. I really want you to just be imagine, have an imagination with me this morning. And I want you to picture yourself sitting in a cell of a jail by yourself in jail clothes. 
with your hands and your feet shackled. Everybody get there in your mind. You're sitting in a jail cell by yourself. Hands and feet shackled. And you're just sitting there waiting at any moment for the guard to come and open up that prison door and take you down that lonely hall to a courtroom to stand before a judge and you know that the things that you're going to stand before that judge for you have done all the evidence is against you you have absolutely no hope of not being sentenced to death what's waiting for you is the end of a miserable life of sin and problems shame guilt pain and you know all that's waiting for you is to die no hope you walk hands and feet together shackled with those guards to that courtroom and again you know in your heart of hearts I deserve this I'm not a good person this is my fate this is my destiny I have brought this on myself and you get to that courtroom and you're seated and nobody else is in that room but you the guards leave and the judge walks out the door sits at his, at his desk puts the gavel down hard and says this court is adjourned and you're standing there in front of a judge with all the evidence against you and you know with everything that's against you it's already been laid out by your lawyer you are going to be sentenced to death tears begin to come down your eyes Fear begins to grip you like it's never gripped you before. And you realize this is it. And all of a sudden, another door opens. And a man clothed in white, with holes in his hands and his feet, walks in. So bright you can't even look on his face. And as he walks in, more fear grips you as you say, I, I'm now standing in the presence of God. And you're thinking, here we go. And that man Jesus walks over to the great judge and says, Judge, I'm going to take that man's place. I'm going to be killed for him, for her. And they take the chains off of your hands and off of your feet and they put them on Jesus and they lock his hands and lock his feet and they lead him out the courtroom to a place called Calvary where he's hung between two thieves and killed for you and me and as he does that, the judge says to you, do you accept that this man would die for you? And of 
course your answer would be yes judge yes thank you and as he does he says you're free to go and you walk out of that courtroom with no condemnation no life sentence no death sentence nothing how would you live the rest of your life I know that I would live the rest of my life thanking God for walking into that room taking my place and dying for me a man who knew no sin taking my place that I deserve and becoming sin for me that's the gospel church and this morning that man Jesus fully God and fully man is standing in this place by his Holy Spirit and he's knocking on the door of your heart and he's saying please accept my forgiveness please allow me to come into your heart and be your redeemer be your reconciliation and be your peace this morning how many all over this place this morning would say I've never done that before the gospel's been presented to me today and I know that I am a sinner and I know I need forgiveness and I know I'm not worthy of it but I believe in what Jesus did for me on the cross this is not about a religion this is about a man who came out of heaven to die for you and he wants a relationship with you he wants you to spend the rest of your life loving him like he loves you and here's the crazy thing even if you said to that judge judge I can't do this I can't I can't allow him to take my life I can't allow him to die for me no guess what he'd still do it even if you said no I'm not gonna live for him I'm not gonna die for him I'm not gonna love him I'm not gonna have a relationship I'm not gonna do that he still died for you Romans 5 8 says while we were yet sinners Christ died for us